0: Well, the world Over Suicide, the dramedy podcast about mental illness and choosing life over death, one cup of coffee at a time. I'm your host, Chris Parker Howard. And today on the show, we have got EFT practitioner and all-around wizard, Anne Hintz. This is a fantastic conversation full of things that I had no idea about, uh, things that I still don't fully understand, and I'm going to let her explain it to you. Uh, Because, quite frankly, I'm just going to mess it up if I try to talk about it. Uh, it, it, We're going to get into that in just a minute. But first, I wanted to jump right out of the gate and tell everybody that I am still doing the Thursday meetup group online at coffeeoversuicide.com slash talk. Uh, That is every single morning at 8 a.m. Pacific. Uh, which is 11 a.m. Eastern, so whatever kind of time frame converter you've got to do for that, Uh, there's a second session every single day in the evening as well. That's going to be 3 p.m. Pacific, uh, which is, of course, 6 p.m. Eastern. You should come by, jump in. There's no judgments. uh, There's no expectations. Just jump in, have a conversation with us. It's fantastic. It's been really really good. I can't even stress that enough. So, coffeeoversuicide.com slash talk. So, Anne Hintz is on the show today, and and I learned quite a few things. There's, uh, I don't know if you've ever experienced someone trying to do uh, Reiki, um, where they're adjusting your energy or whatever it is they want to say is happening there. And Um, They don't touch you, and it it seems like there's just kind of like a moving of, you can feel a person's hands around you even when they're not touching you. You know what I mean? Um, So there's there's not nothing to it, but I'm a skeptical person by nature. Uh, But this idea of uh, stored trauma in the body uh That makes sense to me. There's there's science for that, uh, as well as the releasing of that tension uh, through intention. And I'm going to let our guest talk about that at length. Uh, so I'm not going to talk about it too much. It's a fascinating conversation. You should really uh, check out everything that she's got going on because she's a fascinating human being with... Uh, 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 quite frankly, a lot of information that will just uh, probably blow your mind. Uh, so go to annhince.com. That's A-N-N-H-I-N-C-E.com. And don't forget to visit me every single Thursday. We'll have a conversation. We'll have a cup of coffee. Coffeeoversuicide.com slash talk. The times and all of that are there. I'm still working on getting that website up and running, but I am building it by hand. And uh, as it turns out, I'm not the world's best website builder. Who knew? So before we get into the conversation, I I did want to do what I usually do at the beginning of the episode, and I wanted to get into the emotional weather report, as you will. Uh, And that is to say I am in the process of... Attempting a great undertaking, which is I'm helping a friend try to change his life. See, he's got a, a, a brain tumor that for all intents and purposes may be inoperable. Um, his chances right now are slim of coming out of it um, like a like a person. Um, and he, he's pretty scared. And he's got a wife, he's got a kid, and he's not really sure. He's a creative type. He's not really sure if he's going to come out of it being himself. And so he's trying to not just, you know, lose a bunch of weight or anything that easy, which not that that's easy, but losing weight is a lot easier than losing habits. You know what I mean? He's trying to change his life because... Chances of survival and of success increase exponentially when you're healthy. And I myself have found myself uh, falling down a little bit in the health department after, you know, a year and a half indoors because of the pandemic. And if I'm honest about it, it's even before that. I started to fall down a little bit. And now here we are. I'm in, I'm in a place that I personally am not comfortable with. And I almost had a bit of a meltdown at the gym the other day because I had this thought process that I don't belong here. This is for people who are champions. <laughs> This is for people who are dedicated. This is for people who are motivated and dedicated and good at this. This is not for people like me who don't know how the equipment works, who don't know what they're doing, who are not dedicated, who are afraid, who are not ready. It's not ready for people like me. This is for someone else. I don't belong here. I should quit. But the thing is... Everybody starts somewhere. I'm the before picture uh, uh, of uh, of health right now. Uh, I am not in the absolute worst shape of my life, and I'm in a lot better shape than a lot of people. But I don't feel right, and that's what it's about for me. It's it's not about vanity. I mean, I'm handsome as the day is long. But uh, I don't feel like it. I just don't feel like it. I don't have the energy to do the things I like to do. I need to make a change in my life. And... If I'm honest about it, I think I feel a little embarrassed that I've gotten to the place that I've gotten. Why is that? Why am I feeling shame at anything? I'm living a good life. Um, I have people who love me in my corner. And yet, I'm still carrying some weird, weird baggage. Isn't that weird? Am I saying weird too much? I've come to the conclusion that I need to be able to forgive myself and have empathy for myself the way that I do for my friend who has no idea what to do because he's never tried before. I know a little more than him, and so I'm able to help because I know a little more than he does. And sometimes that's enough. And if I were to talk to myself with the same level of understanding and love and empathy that I talk to him, I think I'd be a lot kinder to myself and a lot more encouraging to myself. So I'm going to work on that and I will let you know how it's going. But for now, let's talk to Anne Hintz. And here we are. We're going. Good morning.
1: I'm doing great. Thank you, Chris. How are you doing?
0: Uh, I got my uh, vaccine booster yesterday, and I feel terrible today. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's really something. I had no problems with, uh, with the first round, um, and yet here we are, second round. I woke up this morning, and it was just a glorious flu feeling. It's like, all right, here we go. This is yeah, this is what we've we heard got. that can happen. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, I am uh, I am you know, here. I showed up. I'm ready to go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing.
0: <laughs> so tell me tell me a little bit about uh, where you're coming from. First of all, where am I talking to you from right now?
1: I'm in California. Okay. I've lived out here for thirty three years, but I'm actually from England. Oh,
0: nice. Well that explains the accent.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a mid-Atlantic accent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> tell me about uh, tell me about growing up in England. What was that like?
1: Yeah, well, I wasn't actually there a lot. Um, we actually lived all over the world. I lived uh, in Barbados when I was very tiny, and then we moved to Sierra Leone in West Africa, okay. and then we lived in Hong Kong, and then we lived in Bahrain. Kind of going back and forth to England in between times. Yeah
0: that's a, that's a lot of travel that's that has to have played a big role in shaping the way that you see things because a lot of people they kind of grow up in one place and they stay there um, and then it's once you start traveling and seeing other other places and uh, even just regionally how different things are in different states and and different areas it really opens your eyes to the fact that you know the world is it, is and can be very different. That had to be an interesting thing to come to at a young age. But then again, it was just your experience.
1: It was. It was just my experience, you know, and there were some negatives to it as well because you never make long-term friends. You have to leave where you are. So I I did end up going to boarding school. We were sent to boarding school when we lived in Hong Kong. Mm Um, and my brother was sent first, and then I was sent to his school. so I was the first girl boarder in an old boys' boarding oh, school
0: wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that that was that was actually ended up being a huge trauma for me because I had um, terrible teeth, and I was teased mercilessly oh. by the boys there. So, and then there were a couple of new boarders that came the second year. And then after that, I went to an all girls boarding school. (laughs) So I had a lot of contrast.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And, and, And all of this is up to what age?
1: Well, I started at boarding school from the boys boarding school was age nine to 11. Yeah. And then um, from then on, it was the girls' boarding school until until I left and went to university. That's so that's a you know lot. on vacations. That's a lot of yeah. stuff
0: to happen in that time period. Was your was your family military or something? Like what was the?
1: No, reason? my dad lived in tele, telecommunications, a big company called Cable and Wireless. Yeah. So yeah, he lived in like thirty eight different countries during his career. Yeah, <laughs> more than six months and in yeah, so it was a lot. A lot of traveling for them, and you know, we were adopted. My brother and I were both adopted as well. It was something I always wondered. Yeah. You know, if 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 I went to the trouble of adopting children, would I send them away when they were nine?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I decided I wouldn't. Yeah. But that that was their decision.
0: Wow, that's incredible. That's. I, I have so many questions about this, uh, and the I think the most important one being. Uh, what kind of effect has this had on uh, your curiosity about things? I mean, do you find that you have a different level uh, of being able to tap into curiosity and creativity than, than other people that you meet? I mean, just based on the fact that you've been so many places and seen so many different things, it seems like it would have to manifest in some way in you, No.
1: It's interesting. Yeah, it was my normal. Yeah. So I don't know that I noticed that. I mean, I I am fairly creative, Mm -hmm. but my brother who went through the same experiences as me was not. Yeah. He also came from a different family. So, you know, and one of the things that I've realized recently is that, you know, I would not have thought I would be racist, right? I lived in all these different cultures. Yeah. And yet my dad was. Yeah. And I know how much we are programmed in those first years of life. Mm. So, you know, I was programmed by him and everything around me. Yeah. So, you know, parts of him live inside of me.
0: That's a difficult thing to to reconcile. And I think a lot of people, particularly in America right now, uh, spent uh, a lot of time indoors with themselves last year. And really learned a lot of things that they were not necessarily comfortable with. And I think we've had kind of if there's a positive to all of this, it's that I feel like there has been sort of a great reckoning uh, among a, a large percentage of people about the concept of of the 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 way that we internalize the racism that we're kind of brought up with the ways that it's kind of in you and, you know, not really being sure how to respond to that because, you know, we're taught about it a certain way and we have to weed it out very differently. And there's a deprogramming that has to happen. And you also have to be comfortable (laughs) with the idea that you can say, Oh yeah, I did a thing. And that was, that was racist. I, I need to, I need to not do that ever again or apologize if I make a mistake and do better and not just immediately say, well, I can't be racist. I, I have, I have black friends, you know, or I, I my, my, yeah. my child is a quarter Korean. So I, I, am incapable of such things. It's like, mm.
1: I haven't, I have a neighbor who said almost exactly <laughs> the same thing to me, yeah. but it lives in our subconscious. Yeah, totally. We don't know that we're doing it so we have to become aware of that we're doing it and and that's you know it's, i think that's what's been happening yeah. we've been opening up our awareness to all these things that have been living inside of us so we're, we're seeing really what's been happening now at a different level than we have before
0: well this is actually a really good segue into talking about the brain and the way that we internalize things and the way that those things uh The way that those things sort of come out of us and and seep into uh, our being as we are as a human being. You have uh, this. I I have never paid uh, attention to EFT. Uh, I was unaware of it until you connected with me. And then I started doing some research and it kind of melted my brain a little bit. Um, so if you could, please explain, uh, your area of expertise here, uh, to the best of your ability.
1: Okay. Can I share my story a little bit more first? Absolutely.
0: Let's get there.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, so the part of my story that I didn't mention, you know, is while I was living at home, you know, both of my parents became al- alcoholics. Oh, so, you yeah. know, that I lived with that throughout the journey of moving through these other you know, countries and mm-hmm. and, and living being in boarding school and such. So um, when I was 19, I found my mother dead um, in the bathroom one morning, which was a huge trauma, yeah. you know, and I didn't realize at the time how much i suppressed it because i didn't know what else to do with it i had been right. very well trained to suppress emotions and so it wasn't until i was in my late 30s and um you know had some altercation happen with other parents at school and um i was just so reactionary Um i couldn't sleep for days it, it was just going round and around in my mind and you know i i I knew I had to do something different. Something had to change because I just didn't want to go on the way I was going on. So um, it happened around that time that I had a doctor's appointment um, just to check up. And at the time, I was just a stay-at-home mom with two young boys. So, you know, it can be stressful, that can be stressful, but my doctor recognized I was more stressed than I should have been in that situation. And he asked me on a zero through 10 level what my stress level was. And I said it was an eight. And he asked me why, and I knew straight away at that point because the tears from that event two decades earlier was still just under the surface, right? They would come, they would start flowing if I thought about it. Yeah. So he used this weird technique with me and that was called EFT, which is short for emotional freedom technique. He used it with me for about 15 minutes in that appointment. And I walked away being able to tell the story to myself without the tears there, Yeah, Like, like they'd gone. And it was such a shift for me that I knew there was something to this. And then a couple of days later, we had a 17 year old cat that needed daily saline shots. And the first time I gave him a shot, my hand was shaking so much. It just wasn't going to happen. I wasn't going to be able to do this every day. Right. So I thought, well, I'll check this technique out. I'll try it on something. So I tapped, which is also another term we use for EFT. I tapped about fear of hurting my cats, the fear of the injection, that my history around injections. And the next time I did it, my, the, the needle just slid right in. My hand did not shake at all. So I thought, okay, there's something to this. And so I started using it on myself. I started noticing during the day when I felt emotional and I would tap. And then I actually wrote down every memory that I had that I could remember that had emotions involved with it. And I tapped on one of those every night until I'd gone through them all. And I found my mind becoming quiet. You know, I've talked to people who've meditated for like 20, 30 years. And they still have a really busy mind. So, um, after you know a few months, you know a couple of years, whatever, my mind had become so quiet. Um, that I actually realized that the voice that had been talking to myself, that had been criticizing myself and judging other people had been my dad's voice that had been programmed into me. And I was just replaying it over and over again. So it wasn't until that had gone that I could look back and see that was the case. I actually had to get beyond a certain point. um, Then I could see that his, his voice had gone out of my head and I felt like I was living in a different reality. It just felt so different.
0: Yeah, I, I mean the I mean there's there's some similarities there uh with um you know cognitive behavioral therapy has some elements of this um but they they do diverge on two different paths uh they're uh, at least from what I've read and how I've seen it's like they're they're only similar in in the in the fact that uh like you are uh, essentially it, it kind of starting at a place of trying to dissect how you're feeling about uh, something in the moment and attempting to make a change uh, to that behavior or to that feeling or to that thought process as it happens and get yourself sort of trained to be able to walk yourself through stuff. But it, it almost seems like uh, I I can't even put it into words exactly because I don't know enough. So about are you saying,
1: it. are you saying that's what cognitive behavior therapy is, or that's what your take of EFT is? That
0: was my take of cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, EFT. I'm I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. You want to talk about a mind that is not quiet? Uh, I I have the hardest time. With meditation uh and and being still and silencing thoughts and it, it's I mean it's a constant constant thing where the wheels are just always turning on something. Uh
1: <laughs> okay, so let me explain how EFT would fit into something like yeah. that. So EFT is really accepting whatever it is we're really thinking or really feeling. When we accept it, so you know, you, you could you would start out my mind is really busy, right? Yeah. You would start accepting that. And as you're talking through it, you would tap on certain points in the body. Um, there's 10 um, points that we generally use. And you just tap fairly gently. You don't want to hurt yourself. Yeah. Um, but you're just tapping on, you're creating kind of an energetic interrupt into the connective tissue in the body or the meridian system, which runs through the connective tissue. Yeah. And you're releasing the stored energy from all these suppressed thoughts and suppressed emotions that we have. And when we do that, we let go of the energy behind them and then it's actually gone from the body.
0: The, uh, uh, yeah, that's absolutely wild.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the key is finding what the truth is, right? So, that, yeah. so you know, from what you just said, you just start out by saying, you know, The first point is the karate chop point on the side of the hand and you you just say something like, even though my mind is so busy, that's my truth in this moment and it's okay that I feel that way. And then you tap on the top of the head, the crown points, the next point, it's like, my mind is so busy. And then the next point is the beginning of the eyebrows. My mind is so busy. The next point is the bone on the edge of the eye. My mind is so busy. Next point, bone under my eye. My mind is so busy. The next point is the upper lip underneath the nose. My mind is so busy. The next point is the chin. My mind is so busy. Two more points. The next one is the collarbone point. My mind is so busy. And the last point is about four inches under the armpit where your bra strap grows across if you have one. My mind is so busy. And then you take a deep breath, let it out and see how it feels different. Maybe at that point, it doesn't feel so intense. Maybe it doesn't feel so busy. And then um, you can do it again. Or you might have another thought might have come to mind. And then you can work on that. And it's just a layer by layer process. Yeah, just releasing the tension stored inside from those emotions and thoughts one at a time.
0: You know, there's, there's so many different things that we don't understand about the mind and the body and and ourselves like we don't actually know, you know, where in the mind is ourself, you know, (laughs) where we have some ideas about where some impulses are and things like that. But I mean, we don't fully understand everything. We kind of understand some of the physicality, but we don't understand, you know, some of the metaphysical kind of how our brain interacts with our body. We don't understand it all. We understand a lot. But not all of it. And I, I've been a musician uh, just about most of my life. And so, of course, my ears are terrible uh, from playing drums and rock bands for years and years and years. And I just accepted that that's part of my reality. I'm just always going to have sort of a low-level, high-pitched sound in, in one of my ears uh, that I don't even pay attention to because it's just always there. And then I saw a guy uh, on YouTube, it was just a musician, and he was like, oh, yeah, if your tinnitus gets bad, you do this. You put your hands on the back of your head, you cover your ears, and then you kind of snap your fingers to tap your skull um, a few times, and then it'll go away for a few hours. And I thought, that's ridiculous. And then I did it, and it went away for a few hours. And I almost cried. I Because I could not believe it, and I ran around the house, and I was telling everybody, "Do this <laughs> <laughs> and so it it completely changed the way I think about you know what it is we think we know at any given time uh it's it, It's amazing the things that you can find can be so helpful to you if you're just open to it.
1: Right. Because we don't know what we don't know. Right.
0: <laughs> but getting to so that So I had a place. good story.
1: I have a good story about that um, from before COVID when I had a group and we would meet once a week mm-hmm. and we would do, t- do the tapping. Yeah. But at the beginning of the group, we would all sit in a circle and I would close our eyes and I would play a series of chimes. They were just a series of ch- chakra chimes mm-hmm. and I would just play them one time. And then we would open our eyes and we would share our experience Now, this is where I started to really realize that there's a a scale of awareness. So some people would only hear the chimes with their ears. Some people would hear the chimes with their ears, but also feel the sound vibrations in certain parts of their bodies and other people on the other end of the spectrum with deep awareness would hear the chimes, but also feel the vibrations throughout their bodies. So just sharing that, then the people who only hear with their ears now know there's a depth of experience that they have not yet achieved that they can look towards. And the people on the other end can realize, oh, you know, not everyone has the same experience as I do. Yeah. And that, to me, that was really powerful because there is a different awareness that we all have on different subjects, right? not just sound, you know, sounds just one form of vibration. But if you think about that, right, even someone hearing a conversation, someone who only hears it with their ears is going to have a very different experience than someone who feels the sounds in their body.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that never occurred to me. It's, it's funny that you're saying, you're saying this because I, I Am definitely a person who, I I I, I feel sounds, I feel them, uh, and I've never been able to explain that, and I've never heard anybody say that out loud before, <laughs> until just now, and now I want to think about that more, and I want to think about, I I I want to think about what the, what else that could mean, what else I could do with that. And also how I might think about other people and their experience.
1: Yeah. I remember I went to a sound, um, I can't remember what it was. It was like a sound healing type thing. Mm -hmm. Like years ago before I did these classes and the the lady sitting next to me, it sounded like she was having an orgasm. I mean, it was wild noise she was making. And I knew at that point, she's experiencing something that I am not. <laughs> and I would like to get to where she I'll is. I'll what
0: she's having.
1: That's right. <laughs> so now I know, you know, this part of my path has been this expansion of awareness because EFT was just the first step. Yeah. When I started using EFT, I didn't know how I felt, right? If someone asked me, how are you feeling today, Anne?" I would just say, oh, I'm good. How are you do?" How are you doing? Right. Yeah. I, I wouldn't actually notice how I was feeling, but the EFT in working, opening up my subconscious mind to all these memories that have been hidden there, it actually opened my awareness. So I started to become aware of my emotions, but then beyond that, underneath the emotion, underneath every emotion is a set of physical sensations. Yeah that we have forgotten about. We've kind of dissociated from those physical sensations that we call anger or we call sadness or frustration. So I started to become aware of those. And then I started working with those physical sensations and I was doing the same thing, right? With EFT, you're just accepting the feeling, the emotion or the words that happened. But now I was moving to accept those physical sensations which other energy again, that has been stored. It's just on a deeper level now. Yeah. And I would let those flow. I just let those, the tension out of me. And then at some point I started to actually be able to hold my awareness inside my body, which I had never heard of. And you you just mentioned that we don't know a lot about the minds and and how that works. But, But I, yeah, I'd not heard of this before and I've not actually heard anyone else talk about it before. So it was new to me and and a kind of weird experience. Didn't know what was happening, (laughs) but um, that to me, that is a deeper level of awareness. And I believe that's the original meaning of the word insight, because I can now sense, I can sense tension. I can sense light and I can sense darkness inside my physical body.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I I think if we, if we make an attempt at it, just kind of leave ourselves open and someone were to say, um, look inside of yourself and find this. I think that if you're, if you're open to the idea that there's something there to find, you will, if you're resistant, you're going to spend all of your time resisting and you're going to find your resistance. And and we we do this to ourselves in so many areas of our lives by just clinging to the things that we know because there's a protection to it and clinging to the things you know keeps you safe. It uh, makes things predictable, you know, routines, things like that. Uh, you know, we're we're almost these these animals that are just wired to. sort of protect ourselves from anything that's seen as a threat and anything that causes change is a threat. And, (laughs) but that's where growth has to happen is through change. And that's not always fun. It's not, it's not always a good feeling. Has there been any, uh, any of that, let's say pain from growth in your journey with this i'm just curious about that
1: absolutely all the way along the <laughs> way, along the roads i mean to begin with eft there's you know there's even fear of bringing up those past events yeah. right sometimes we think that those feelings are going to annihilate us so we have to have some experience of going beyond and knowing that you know it was just stored energy it was just all energy yeah. that wanted to release from the body. And once you've experienced it a few times, you know, it's not going to kill you. Right. And, and <laughs> you know, you can do it and freedom is on the other side. But what I found with my awareness going, going deeper and deeper, that you know, it's this isn't always great to hear either, is that there is always another layer. Yeah. And once I was able to put my awareness actually inside my body, I found all this pain and tension there, where my body's been held out of alignment, um, that I had no idea was there. I had no idea the power or the forces that are inside holding in my you know body, holding me out of alignment because I have scoliosis. Um, and so now I'm just aware of those at a deeper level yeah. than ever before.
0: <laughs> Were you ever able to r- reconcile things with your father?
1: Uh, no, he had already
0: passed. So, so but so with you EFT, carry, you know, you had to go in there and and deal with your parents inside. So of yourself. with EFT,
1: with yes, with EFT, you can do that. I mean, it's it you just talk through. The emotions, the events that happened, you can tap on or I could tap on um, someone outside of myself, like I call it air tapping. I pretend someone's sitting in front of me, facing me and I tap on their points and I talk to them and I tell them exactly what I would have liked to to have told them. And when I do that, that energy from that held in thought or those held in words actually um, expresses from the body. Yeah. So, yes, it's certainly possible. And I believe that's what true forgiveness is, is once you've let go of that tension inside of us. Yeah. So we, we come to peace with um, whatever happens.
0: That can be so hard to do. Uh, a lot of times that we think that our pain is something that defines us as a person. It's it's uh, It's part of us. It's ours. And we don't want to give it away. We don't want to let go of it because it's it's part of who we are. We've earned this this pain. We've earned this and we're going to hang on to it with both hands for as long as we can and we're going to use it to justify our existence and our decisions <laughs> and and once you start letting these things go you're left with yourself. And that can be terrifying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So the way I looked at it, one of the things that really helped me and kind of encouraged me along the path is I looked at the law of attraction, not in the manifesting way, but in the way that we are a signal and every second of every day, we are emitting a signal and we're attracting back based on that signal. So, The biggest part I realized of our signal is that history that's stored inside of us, that tension that's stored inside of us. So yes, we are that person, we are our history as we continue through life, but we're attracting back based on that history. So I really wanted to change. So I realized I had to change my base signal. I had to change that part of me. So during the day, I would ask myself, so how am I feeling right now? And do I want to feel this way again in the future? Right. And normally the answer was no. <laughs> so <laughs> at that point, so that's when I change my signal now so I can take a deep breath and relax a little bit more. Even that changes my signal because I'm attracting back something that's a little bit more relaxed or I can go into more deeply. I can tap or I can feel those feelings and, and release tension at a deeper level. So that was something that actually helped propel me along <laughs> my journey, encouraged me to keep going.
0: It, that there's, it, it sounds like there's a, a lot of uh, trusting in, in, in the power of your intentions in this. How, how, mu- how much of a role does that play?
1: I don't feel like that played a lot in my role. I just came to the point where I I, I recognized the power of it. And it was yeah. probably, you know, th- those first experiences, you know, the doctor's appointment and the, the cat injection that I realized. And, and it almost feels like it's been um, increasing exponentially the amount of tension that I can release daily. Yeah. You know, to begin with, it was, it was, it actually felt more to begin with because it was emotions. It, 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 it. I felt more relief faster, but but right now I'm releasing, you know, stored tension in my bones and in my teeth and you know really deep in my skull. So I can actually hear it release and feel it release, and it it feels like old fabric ripping. Yeah. So I know it's having um, big consequences. And so, you know, I I have that feedback. That's another thing with EFT. It actually gives you feedback as you start to release, you know, maybe you'll have tears, which is an obvious one, but you'll yawn or you'll sigh or some people burp and your voice changes. So you kind of know that something is changing, which, you know, I was an engineer, so I kind of love that that (laughs) feedback. I know something's happening.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, being able to put the pieces together. I mean, yeah. The, the the brain of an engineer absolutely <laughs> I think that I think that there's something very interesting um, to what you said there uh, and I wonder how long did it take you to get to the point where you're at now
1: Yeah, so it was the late thirty my late 30s when I found EFT and I'm 55 now Yeah. So, you know, not quite 20 years, but you know, as I said, you know, people will meditate for decades and and not have the changes that I have had, right. you know, I don't know if you saw my x-ray, but you know, my eye sockets have aligned. My jaw was way off to the side and it's it's much more centered now and my neck has straightened so I, I know my my scoliosis which is like my whole body was talked yeah. and um that's straightening out now so you know that's to me that's pretty cool
0: yeah and that's a that's a thing that i I think that we're becoming more and more aware of is the way that we can uh the way that we can make physical changes to our body with our minds it's I I would not have believed that uh, because I was raised with all of the same biases as everyone and everything. Um, But then you look into the science of it and it's sound. There's lots of documentation about uh, like uh, uh, CBT, for example, which was the first big explosion I had, was recognizing that you could physically change the layers of your brain by thinking differently you could physically change your brain and I thought how does that work (laughs) and just because I don't understand it doesn't mean it doesn't happen there's a certain level of letting go that has to occur to move forward sometimes And, and I imagine that there's a certain level of trust in the process that has to happen in order for in order for this to work for you
1: certainly yeah i mean there are have been several steps along the way where i've had to trust um, yeah. one of the points where i had yeah, you know, I've been working to let go of the physical sensations. I started doing it on the sofa. So instead of doing it tapping at night, I would lay on the sofa and I would bring a collective trauma to mind because I'd worked through a lot of my childhood things. Yeah. So I would bring like 9-11 to mind like right. so and then feel those emotions and let them go. And once I had done enough letting go, it was almost like my body, okay, would say I'm ready to unwind and it would just start doing whatever it wanted to do so at one <laughs> point my jaw would start just releasing and it would go back and forth side by side yeah. kind of like a metronome just unwinding the tension that had been stored up in there for for decades yeah and I just had to let it go right I could stop it at any point but I knew that I wanted to let that tension go so I would just have to let it go and then, when I first actually felt the connective tissue rip, I mean it feels like it's ripping yeah. um the first time that happened, it's like <laughs> that's myself, so am I actually hurting myself here? Am I doing something <laughs> I shouldn't be yeah. doing? Yeah, but you know, I realize it's just it's just the next part of this path, so yeah. it's gotta be okay. So I would just, I just let it happen. And then it happens more and more, you know, now my neck will, will crack, I'll have re- released enough tension that it needs to readjust and it will just adjust itself. Kind of like in the Matrix movies. I don't know if you ever yeah. saw this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> but the agents would always crack their heads. The next.
0: <laughs> it's, it, it, and, and that's a thing that, that, I mean, muscles have to tear to grow. That's how they grow. They tear and they heal. They tear and they heal. How do you process things that happen now? Is it is it easier for you to navigate tragedies as they happen now? Do, do you recover from those things quicker uh, or do things still knock you for a loop sometimes? I mean, being so in touch with your emotions can sometimes actually take you the other way where you become more sensitive to things.
1: I think that only, uh, that's only part of the journey. So that, yeah. there was a part where like, I stopped watching TV, I stopped watching the news, and I just dealt with my own stuff. Mm-hmm. But as I had released more and more, I actually now watch the news because I want to know what triggers me, because what triggers yeah. me is something that I can still work on. So yes, it's way easier because I'm, I'm not as reactionary as I was. I was very reactionary. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm sure I was an empath, but I got beyond that. So right. I still feel what's happening, but it doesn't affect me because I've let those emotions pass through me. That stuck energy has gone. Yeah. So yes, I'm, I'm very calm now. And I, I have a cognitive awareness of what's happening and kind of why it's happening. Yeah. So, but there are still some things, right? If something happens to one of my children, then I'm still emotionally caught up in it. Yeah. and Then it's harder to pull back. And yeah. I think that's the same with us but um, on many, you know, there's always something <laughs> yeah. that will get you.
0: Well, with your children, I mean, it, it's you know they're they're outside of yourself. There's a level of control that you don't have over uh, over their safety and well being. And uh, you know, my my kids are out in the world, living their lives and getting ready to make all their mistakes and screw it all up, and you know all of that. And it, you know and I have this temptation to tell them to play it safe and, and, you know, do things easy and don't do anything scary. And I fight that temptation all the time because I want them to experience, you know, so that there's, there's some very fundamental change that has to happen, uh, in every person's life where you've got to confront some fear to experience something great on the other side. And you can't right. take that away from people. You can just sit back <laughs> and...
1: Now our part of every experience like that yeah. is how we feel about it. Yes. So even though they're going through something, or we might see something horrible happening on, on the news or TV, yeah. or even someone arguing, it, it doesn't matter what our part of that equation is how we feel about it and that's what we have control of yeah and when we feel that fear so my my boys bring up a lot of fear in me yeah. and that's what then i work with right to let that go hoping that one day i can get to the point where i'm totally neutral and they can do whatever they want <laughs> and it doesn't affect me
0: yeah <laughs> that's that's just so terrifying uh and but you're right. You're absolutely right. That is, that is how we feel about it. How we feel about it also is not necessarily how it is. And recognizing that can also be difficult when you're caught up in yourself. So it can. taking, taking yourself to, uh, to this place of being able to have this understanding, um, it, you know, you, you bring up the matrix it almost seems like you've gotten to this place, almost like Neo. You know, your your troubles are coming at you, and you're just sort of there, and, you know, just kind of moving to the side as they pass, and just, I've got this, it's all right. Like, I've, I can see it coming a mile away, I've been here a hundred times. Does, does that ever become difficult when you're dealing with some people who are, Let's say even just, you know, twitchier than you are, because sometimes I find that when you are, as a person, uh, centered and grounded or whatever word you want to use for that, right, where you've kind of, you almost feel like, oh, I, I get it. I understand my connection to the world and to myself. I get it. You can actually come off as aloof to some people. And so it, it can be difficult to project that you still understand what it's like to feel things.
1: <laughs> right, cause they want you to get caught up in it as well.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm mad as hell. You should be too. Why are you not?
1: <laughs> yes, Right, you should be joining me in it. Yeah. You should be, yeah.
0: Let's set it yeah. on fire, <laughs> like, you know, we're not going there. <laughs>
1: And to me, it depends on the level of awareness, right? Some people, yeah. are, you know, even partially aware, they can sometimes understand, they can recognize that they are feeling emotional. Yeah. Some people are just so caught up in the emotion, they can't even stand back. I, I had a, um, a Facebook conversation with someone the other day, and she was shouting, so she was using caps, yeah. um, but saying she was peaceful. Yes. And she just couldn't see it. And yeah. you know it. You know, sometimes you have to just let that go.
0: Yeah. Well, and that is a real conundrum for the time that we're in, where we're in a, a very interesting age where we have access to more information than we've ever had access to. Information like this, like uh, the conversation that you and I are having right now, I'm going to package this thing up. I'm going to put it up on YouTube. It's going to go out to all of the podcast apps. People are going to have access to this everywhere, all over the place. That information will travel and be around. It's going to hit some ears in other countries at different times of day, different time zones, uh, maybe even a year from now when someone just discovers it at random. And that's a miracle. It's the fact that all of this is out there is also sort of a detriment in that we haven't quite yet figured out how to get through the noise and Facebook's tough because there's a lot of noise <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. setting those boundaries and uh, with other people and, and recognizing that, you know, y- you're not necessarily in this world to change people who don't want to be changed. That can be a tough impulse to fight when you see someone fighting themselves.
1: Right. But then I go back to it's all about how we feel. Yes. It's all us, right? So if I'm frustrated <laughs> with this lady who's shouting at me, <laughs> yes. that is my energy to work with. Yes. And you know, I go back to the law of attraction again, you know, what we're what we're feeling right now, we're attracting back to us. Yeah. So if I can get rid of all this angst inside of me and I can be fully peaceful in any situation, imperturbable is a great word. Oh, and um, if I can put myself there, then I will not be attracting these feelings back to myself. Well, I will be attracting what I'm feeling right now, yeah. I'll b- attract back peace in my future. So that's my work. And I think that's everyone's work, right? There's so much up now. We're on one side or another of any different issue, but it doesn't matter what side we're on. It just matters how we're feeling. And if we can let those feelings go, let that stuck energy pass through and be gone, then we actually come together in peace, right? Because then we're all putting off a peaceful signal and we're all attracting peace back to ourselves.
0: And then I mean, I, I I am just melting, <laughs> just thinking about <laughs> all <of> this. <laughs> uh, I I love everything about this. I'm definitely going to do some more deeper digging. I'm going to do some tests. I'm gonna I'm gonna start. I'm I'm excited about it. I always love when I find uh, another layer in myself that. Uh, that I can pick at. I'm always excited by that because every time I've gone through something like that in the past and discovered some areas where I'm just getting it wrong, (laughs) uh, I actually get excited because it's like, oh, here's an opportunity to fix something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Great. Now there's thousands of videos about EFT on YouTube in places, but but pay attention because a lot of people these days, you are not just using EFT, but overall are kind of trying to go the positive, mm-hmm. positive thought route. Yeah. Um, when you, you, when you try and change to the positive, you're actually suppressing the actual thought or the actual feeling you're having. You're trying to replace it with something else. Yeah. The, the power of EFT is in accepting what's actually there it's not it's not doing the positive and because i can now see inside i can sense inside my body yeah. i know that the positive or the light is already there underneath the darkness or the tension so all we need to do is actually find that darkness or the tension and let that go and then the the positives there
0: well i, I cannot wait to dig more into this uh and I can't thank you enough for talking to me today.
1: You're welcome. I love conversations like this.
0: Wasn't that amazing? Oh, that is a great conversation. I am so glad that she was able to share her expertise on this matter. And it frankly just blows my mind that there are things out there that we can still learn that we know nothing about. Uh, if you want to get some more Anne in your life, and I know that you do, go to annhints.com That's A-N-N-H-I-N-C-E dot C-O-M. And get yourself some classes, get yourself some knowledge, and do yourself a favor. Love yourself. Be kind to yourself. If you want to join the conversation every single week on Thursdays and just be a fly on the wall or be a participant. You can show up to copyoversuicide.com slash talk, talk to this wonderful, wonderful group every Thursday, but until next week, don't kill yourselves out there.